Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hello, hey, there, good Malcolm. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Malcolm Lamar. All right, guys. So I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer. Father, I just want to thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, that you have made everything subject to your word. You have made everything subject to your, your commandments. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be able to hear you in this hour, to be able to celebrate you in this hour. We come against any demonic distractions, any attacks on the mind, body, spirit, uh, finances, our home, our family, our relationships, anything that you have given us jurisdiction and authority over, Father, I thank you for allowing us to just experience your peace this day, this week, this month, this year. For an eternity, Father, I thank you, Lord, for giving us authority over everything that seems to that attempts to come against you, Father. Lord, I just ask that you will use this time that we have together to be able to share our testimony, to be able to talk to talk about you, to talk about your love, your peace, and all the things that you have rescued us from. Lord, I just ask that everyone who is dealing with something that you will minister to them right where they are, and that you will help them to see you much bigger than they see the enemy in jesus name amen amen right, so hello everybody welcome to the alpha talk tuesday podcast i have um lamar and malcolm joining me today they're going to be the co-host in this conversation today so let's give them a little shout out Thank you guys for joining. So is Lamar oh, with you? Malcolm or is Lamar? Um, he's not. Yeah, he's right here. Okay, uh, awesome, uh, awesome. Awesome. So, you know, just so you know, guys, this is a weekly call to connect, empower, and inspire enlightened minds to pursue a life of greatness. So today's topic is really going to be centered around our testimony. I'm going to just be sharing my testimony and um, if Lamar and Malcolm feel led to kind of discuss some of the things that they have been through in their testimony as well, then that will happen as, as in, in addition to what will be discussed today. So the first scripture I'm actually going to be reading, actually, just to kind of start this conversation off, um, give me a second. So, I'm going to be reading Revelation chapter 12 because I'm going to be sharing the reason why it's important for us to understand our testimony. So, one second. There we go. All right. Okay. Okay, so this is Revelation chapter 12, and I'm going to be coming from just the, yeah, chapter uh, chapter 12, verse 11, and it says, and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives, even unto death. So that's Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. So the reason I read that one is because, like I said today, I'm going to be sharing my testimony. And I didn't write anything down. I didn't prescript anything because I wanted to make sure that this was coming from uh, uh, just a place of uh, this deep, deep experience and just authenticity as always. But the reason I didn't write anything down because I was planning to write something down and kind of collect everything, but I didn't write anything down because I wanted to make sure that it was something relevant. Um, my testimony was relevant for now, and I would be able to kind of speak to what I felt needed to be said at the moment. Because sometimes when you write things down, they can be they can redirect you and end up causing you to go in a different direction. So I just wanted to just really allow the word today to just speak to now. So. Without further ado, one second. First thing I wanted to share is this. Our testimony is one of the ways that we are able to conquer the enemy. 
Our testimony is a weapon of warfare. Let me repeat that again. Our testimony is a weapon of warfare. You know how you read in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor of God. And one of the weapons that the Paul that Paul mentioned was the sword of the spirit. Now you have to understand that as a child of God, you are not excluded from the word of God. And what I mean by that is this, you are included in it. You are a part of Jesus's testimony. You are a part of Jesus's testimony. And the reason why it's important for us to understand that is because the Bible has concluded that our Lord has already won. It has stated that he has already won. So we are a part of his spoil. We are a part of his reward. So being that you are a part of his reward, you are included in his testimony. So the reason why you want to know that is because I don't want you to just read the the Bible as a historical book. I want you to see yourself as included in the testimony of Jesus Christ. When he was on the cross, when he was walking and taking the beatings and all of the torment and disrespect, you were included in his testimony. So when you read the word of God, I want you to see yourself being in it. Not just something that you're reading, but you're looking at the word of God as a instrument to see where you are, to see who you are. So like I said, your testimony is a weapon of warfare. So you know how it says the the sword of the spirit. So a lot of the times nobody really goes into this in a deeper level as far as what the weapon of the sword of the spirit is. It's talking about the word of God, right? So the word of God, keeping in mind with what I just said, as far as you being included in the testimony of Jesus, your, your testimony represents the sword of the spirit. So when the enemy tries to come against you and you have your testimony and you understand what you have been through, what the Lord has conquered in your life, that becomes a part of your weaponry. That becomes a part of your weaponry. So me, for example, I'll start off by sharing this. I didn't come into Christianity because of a a force. Um, And when I say a force, like nobody forced me into it. I didn't come into it because of the fear of hell. I didn't come into Christianity because I felt like it was um, just like I just had to come. I came into Christianity because Jesus revealed himself to me. He came to me at a time. I I will share the story with you now. So he came to me. I remember this is back in, I believe, 2014 or 2015. So I was going through a really tough time. And I can remember we were inside of the store in Montclair. And in this store, it was my products, like my perfumes we had it in there. We had some vintage clothes in there. And in this store, like pretty much, we were doing these events every week. And I'm doing the events. I'm selling my perfumes. We're selling the vintage clothes. Because as you know, I like to do business. I'm a businessman at heart. And we're selling clothes, selling perfumes, doing events. Selling clothes, selling perfumes, doing events. And I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And then I would realize that after every event, at the end of the day, when everyone left, there was this emptiness that I felt inside. It was almost like I felt drained and I felt very self-conscious. I felt like something had left me. And what I mean by something left me, I mean that I felt like as I was sharing love, encouragement, and affirmations with other people, I felt like at the end of the evening, I was missing that. What I was giving to others, I felt like I was not receiving it. So there was always this emptiness and this void after doing these events. 
and I would start to have suicidal thoughts and start to feel like, man, like, am I doing the right thing? Like, how did I do? I will, wor- I will worry about my performance. I was worried that I wasn't connecting with people. Even though everybody was telling me, like, you know, days later or even the same night that it was an awesome event, they had a good time, they were blessed. Still, even after hearing all of that, in my mind, I was still being tormented and wondering why I was here. Now, you would think that if a person's doing all this stuff and people are saying how blessed they are by the event and they're encouraged and and you actually are starting to see things change in people's lives, you would think that a person would be encouraged by that and that that would be clear that they were here for a reason. But in my mind, for some reason, I was still just being tormented with just suicidal thoughts. And I'm like, what is this? So anyway, these thoughts continue on for a while. And I remember it was one day where I literally was just so depressed, so so weighed down, so discouraged. And what I would do at that time, because this is before I really walked with God, on a more intimate level, what I would do is I would go to this website. I think it was BibleDice.com, where you would ran it would just randomly pull up a scripture when you went to the website. So I'm laying on the floor because I'm so depressed this day. I'm so discouraged, and I'm like, why am I like? Why is my life like this? So I go to the website, and like I say, I go to BibleDice.com. And on BibleDice.com, it literally pulls up the scripture. And the scripture was the parable of the sower of the seed. And it's basically for those of you who are not aware of what that is. Uh, you know, I'll actually read it right now. Let me find it really quick. I want to read this to you because I feel like this is going to bless someone else as well. Okay. Because I heard the scripture... Matthew chapter 13. Here we go. So I'm going to go to it now. Matthew chapter 13. Perfect. All right. All right. So Matthew chapter 13. I'm I'm going to probably read an extensive part of it. But pretty much when I went to the website, BibleDice.com, the scripture came up about the parable of the sower. And those of you, like I said, who don't know what it is, it's basically Jesus is giving this illustration of different types of seed being sown in different areas and the outcome of those seeds laying or being landing in certain areas. So when I read that, I realized that I was one of the, the I was one of the seeds, I'm sorry, the seed that was being sown to me was landing on thorny ground. So let let me read that right now. So this is Matthew chapter 13, and I'm going to start from verse 1. Hold on one second. Let me just see something. Hold on. All right, I just had to mute everybody. I'm sorry about that. Okay, so like I said, okay, hold on. Yeah, good. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. It says that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crew stood on the whole whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil, but the sun rose, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. So I'm going to pause right there. I actually meant to say that for me, I realized that the seeds were falling on rocky ground. They were falling on rocky ground. I was the rocky ground. So what would happen is I realized I would get encouraged. Like I'm sharing my testimony. Like, like I told you, I would get encouraged. I would get empowered. And it would be these short periods of time where I would be encouraged and empowered. But as soon as something came like a test or a trial, I would end up becoming discouraged again, go right back to 
that same position where I'd be depressed, discouraged, suicidal. So I was never in a state of just completely believing God because like I said, this is before I was even in him. So I didn't have any word to go against what I was feeling. So continuing on, this is Matthew chapter 13 at verse six currently. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. And then I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to go to the explanation that Jesus gave of this parable. And I want you to understand the reason why that I'm going to continue to finish my testimony. So we're at verse 18. This is Jesus explaining the parable that you guys just heard. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path or the dry ground. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this was this is where I was. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yield and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. So anyway, just to conclude that, pretty much Jesus is explaining that when a person hears the word of God, when a person hears the word of God, okay, when a person hears the word of God, what happens is it has a landing place. Every time you hear the word of God, it has a landing place. And based on where you are in that season, it will yield one of four responses. So like he said, for some, it's going to land on a path. And because there's no, it's, it's this on a cement, the birds see it, which represents demons, evil spirits. The demons see it and they snatch the word away. So they distract you with like, let's say social media or something else, whatever else, you know, it could be an argument. The enemy sees you just heard a word and now he comes, and he snatches it away. The second C represents, the second type of path represents the rocky path, which is where, like I said, I was at the time, was every time I would get encouraged, I would get empowered. But as soon as the word came to be tested in me, you know, a, a trial or a situation, some type of situation would arise to basically validate that word, that's when I would become discouraged and I would go back to the same place. And then a third type of path is the thorny path where the seed lands, but because of the thorns around it, which kind of represents once again, distractions, the cares of this world, the pride of life, uh, titles, accomplishments, whatever else, that word is not able to produce a return because so, too many distractions and other things that have prominence in a person's life that represents the thorns and then the last one represents pretty much the good soil which is I don't think I have to explain that too much you understand it but that is the seeds landing in good soil and being able to produce a return so like I said when the Lord had opened the scripture up to me at the time the Holy Spirit had ministered to me right there and as soon as I had something click inside my mind something clicked inside my spirit like I said when I was inside that store laying on the ground I, I read this parable I read this story and in my brokenness I was so discouraged and I read this and I had some hope and then all of a sudden the door opened the door opens and no one else was in the store. Literally, the store was closed. I was in the back of the store. The door was closed. No one else was in there, but the door just opened. And it was like, you know, I say to today that that was the day that I believe Jesus, like he came to me, he visited me. 
because ever since that day, I was really, I just really had a heart for God even deeper. And I knew that the Bible was the word of truth and that I didn't have to experiment with other paths and different religions and different concepts and beliefs and so forth. So like I told you guys, like I didn't come to Christianity because of a fear of hell. I didn't come because someone forced me into it. I didn't come into it because I like was just drawn to it. I came to it because I knew it was the truth. Like I went to like a place called the Happy Institute, wherever that place was called in New York. I remember like this is before I was in Christ. Like I was on a journey I was seeking. I was looking for wisdom. I was going everywhere. I went to this place called the Happy Institute in New York. And I remember going there to New York and being so excited because like I said, I'm looking for foundation. I go there and I'm inside. And of course, like, I think, like, I don't know what type of religion it was. I think it was Dharma or whatever it was, but I went there, I went inside and the people seemed nice and everything, but it just didn't like, I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me. And then the lady had took me downstairs and had me go stand in front of this gold statue and it was like a whole bunch of gold statues and basically there was other people in there meditating and kneeling down and stuff and I'm like okay this it didn't sit right in my spirit so I'm like okay you know I like I, this, this is before I was in Christ mind you this is how you know God is prepping prepping a person I was like you know what now this isn't right and I left right and they gave me this little book and everything I remember and I actually took the little book and everything, but I never really read what, is, what was inside of it. And then I remember another time when I was down in Maryland, there, there's another religion called Scientology. I went there and I can remember they had this machine in there that literally, <clears throat> if you touch it and you look straight ahead, the machine supposedly was able to detect your thoughts. Now this is this is the you know definitely demonic, you know, I'm sharing this with you because I'm just letting you know that it, there was many paths that I tried to take. Like I didn't, um, like I found Christ to be the truth. But anyway, like I went to this place, the Scientology Center in DC and down in Maryland. And I went, I was inside there. And I, like I said, I touched this machine and supposedly it was able to detect your thoughts or whatever. And I'm like, interesting, because like, once again, I'm searching for wisdom. I'm looking for the truth. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And they gave me like the history of Scientology and the origins of it and all the people that were involved with it and stuff. So I take the information home and I'm like, okay, like, let's see what's going on with this. And then one day I speak to the people because I'm like, you know, I want, I, I want to do this because they were talking about like, they will give you a cleanse and you will be detoxed of like all the contamination of this world and stuff like that. And you will be able to think clearly and be able to function on a higher level than most people. So I'm like, absolutely, I'm all in. Like I want to do the detox, I want to do everything. And then this is when I found out that it was something fishy. So one day I call them and I speak to one of the leaders of the organization or whatever. And they told me I had to pay, like, it was a crazy amount. It was almost like $12,000 or whatever amount it was. But they wanted me to pay to be able to experience this, this stuff. You know, like the detox and in order to go to, like, wherever their facility was. Like, there was, like, a whole process I would have to go through. And I had to pay for it. Then, you know, that like... Then I, that, I shut that down because one, I ain't had the money at the time. <laughs> so that was God's protection. But also I, I just kind of felt like, okay, like this can't be it. Like I shouldn't have to pay for the truth, right? So then I'm still kind of like doing research on laws of attraction, reading books on laws of attraction, which we would consider new thought, new age movement and stuff. So I'm reading books and learning and learning but still battling and like the healing that I was seeking for in my mind, it was like, I just had a lot of information and I was able to think on a higher level, but I was never able to like fully like conquer the things that were trying to slow me down. Like all these different religions and different thought paths. I kept trying to overcome things, but I, I was just never able to really do it. 
and fast forward going back to me really giving my life to Christ this is when I was able to get into a church home and by the grace of God God used my mother-in-law and, and my wife to really give me a different aspect of Christianity because I'll be honest with you I didn't come to Christianity because of what I what I saw in church or what I heard on in messages I came to Christianity because God visited me first and then he showed me a different aspect of him because I thought that Christians it seemed like they were always depressed and discouraged and they um you know I'm just being honest like I feel like they were always discouraged they were always depressed and that they weren't kind and like when it came to like thinking on a higher level and being able to process like information I just felt like they were like I just felt like they were very limited and like you know like they, they kind of rejected like I was rejected by some of the people and stuff like that but anyway that's a whole different conversation but pretty much I felt like like they just didn't think on a higher level and what I didn't realize is my frustration was I was looking for the mind of Christ but I didn't realize that <laughs> you know my mind had to be renewed first so like I said I came to Christianity because God sh- he visited me first and then he used people to minister to me and to give me a different aspect of himself and to share his love with me and I was able to see that you could that there were Christians who were full of joy who had power who were walked in love who were kind who didn't just talk the word but they lived it and it really was a different testimony for me and you know I just thank God for that and the reason I'm sharing this is because I feel like there are some of you out there who look at Jesus as just being a rule giver and just being a wise teacher please understand that Jesus is more than just a rule giver and a wise teacher he had he is the word of God he is the word of God in the flesh and he has conquered this world there is nothing that has power over him anymore not even death because he conquered that too so it wasn't until I was able to experience the love of Jesus personally and his people that I was able to start to walk in what God wanted me to walk in and I feel like there's a lot of us who are still trying to figure out if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. One thing I'll share is this, and then I, I want to see if Malcolm and Lamar had something to say after I say this. But one thing I'll say is this, because like I said, my past, my past was mostly in like new age thought and new age ways of processing information. It was like a lot of laws of attraction, positive energy, and all that stuff. That was my thought my thought path before I came into Christ and one thing I realized with those who are still on that path the new age path is that they feel as though Jesus is like he's just a prophet or he's just a wise teacher they don't understand that he is literally the truth and outside of him there really is nothing alive you know there's nothing but death like this world is dying. It's saying that creation is subject to decay pretty much until the sons of God are revealed. You know, the children of God. But anyway, like there's a lot of new age people who feel as though Jesus is not enough. And they feel as though when they read the Bible, that when they read it on a surface level, they're thinking that that is all that they will be able to grasp not understanding that that desire for wisdom, that desire for understanding can be enhanced through study. Like you don't just read the word of God and just say, okay, that's it. You have to study the word of God and you have to look up certain words. You have to look up the context. You have to look up the, you want to understand the Hebrew word for the Greek. And it's not necessarily to be wiser or smarter than anybody else the purpose of it is really to get a deeper understanding of what god god is saying and i feel like the reason why a lot of people who are in the new age don't want to just take the word of god as the only thing that they need because like i said they feel as though reading the bible one time 
is enough and that they can just take everything literally and not get any deeper understandings through study of the word. So anyway, um, with that being said, I wanted to see if Malcolm and Lamar had anything they wanted to share regarding like this, their experience or their testimony. Oh yeah, I have, um, I like to share my testimony, but your testimony was very, very powerful and it, it feels like it was, it's just from the heart and you speak it from the heart. And um, I love it. So God bless you, brother. Oh, but I wanted to, yeah, I was, um, I wanted to speak on or say my testimony too, because um, some in some similar ways we kind of have similar testimony. Where, because um, I was I was grow when I grew up, we were in church and we grew up in church, but then like um, after my grandparents passed away. Uh, I kind of went a different route. I just stopped going to church and I stopped uh, like pursuing God. But I didn't. I didn't stop because like I felt God. Like some people, they feel like God betrayed them or like these things happen because of God. So they like turn their back on them or they just like um, drift away. But the things that I was doing in the world, I felt like I was um, I was making God ashamed. And I was, I felt um, guilty. So that's what, it uh, hurt my heart to even try to even attempt. Because I was, I knew what I was doing was wrong, doing things in the world, like drinking and all these different kinds of different things and fornicating. But I knew that I always felt like I was afraid of God's wrath on me. And I was afraid of what I was doing. So then um, fast forward, my brother, he meets his wife and they start going to church and as they're going to church I'm I'm reluctant on going to church so they start a fast where it's like no social media I don't know if you remember it was like a no social media fast where you know um, you had to write collages for like oh it was like you had to write collages and you had to do no social media for like 30 or 60 days yeah yeah, so as they're doing the fast, I was, I was on the other side telling them like, no, you can't, you, have, you guys can't do the fast. Y'all not gonna be able to do this. I was like being like mean and like hypocritical. Like I was trying to get them to stop doing it. And like, I will be going there trying to show them all different videos and stuff that's on social media. But what got me was uh, they stuck to the fast. Mm. So then, um, um, I told them because they were going to church and they kept on trying to get me to go to church, but I was really, really reluctant. So what wow. got me, I told them, I was like, all right, if you guys finish this fast and you guys actually do it, then I will go to church with you um, one day. So fast forward, they did the fast, they finished the fast, wow. they got through. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stick to my promise, I'm gonna go to church. So I go to the church, uh, Keenan Point of View, so I'm sitting in church and like I was uncomfortable at first because like that's my first time being in church in years and like I didn't know how um God felt. So then I'm sitting there and then like I hear like um the word and I feel like loved and I feel like everything that, that's going around and I'm like wow this is amazing. So what made me want to come to Christ and what made me like oh you know what this is the right path for me that God had me there for a reason was uh, any church that I went to, there was always a, um, there was always a line. There was always oh. like a, like a border between the congregation and the um, pastor. Oh. So you, you can't really get too close to the pastor. You can't really get to know the pastor. And like, you, like with every church that I've been to, the, the pastor was like high and mighty where he was as like God, where it's like, he has no fault and he's like almost perfect. <laughs> so when I went, when I finished, uh, when the pastor finished, when the pastor finished his sermon, I go up to him and I was like, I introduced myself. I introduced as um, Lamar's brother. And I was like, I was, I told him, I was like, I'm kind of, I was kind of reluctant of coming. And he asked me why. And I was like, because I feel like I failed God because I sinned. Mm. And and what he said, like, shocked me where I was like, you know what? I got to really join the church. 
he looked at me and he was like, we all sin, I sin. He was like, God doesn't hate you because you sin. And then he um, said a, a scripture about forgiveness. And then like, after I heard him like be so truthful and so upcoming and like, like he didn't seem like he was high and mighty like other pastors. It like took me back and it like shocked me. But then it also like made me feel like, wow, I, like this is the place for me. Like he just thinks that he's better than me. Like we are all growing together in Christ together, and it feels like we're growing together. So that's what it was like. Um, I just I just got where I had to be at the perfect place, and through that time, it was just, it was it's been a constant battle and constant growing and constant um, things getting better. But as as life times go on, I just feel like my connection and my um, my relationship with Christ growing and I can feel like things that I'm doing are making them proud and like I can feel now I can feel this Holy Spirit in me that I don't make the same things I used to back in the past and of course like, with me growing I have lost a couple, I lost um, friends and I have lost people <laughs> that grow with me mm. but Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the best for me because that's where I'm at, where I'm I'm supposed to be. I may have lost friends, but I, I gained family. Wow, wow! It's man. You know what that last line you said? I have to speak in that because you know what's crazy? That was one of the things I I'm so happy you shared that part about losing friends and that separation occurring because. One of the things that I think becomes a stumbling block to a lot of people walking with God is that because their identity is wrapped up in the people around them, their accomplishments or whatever crowd of people affirmed them prior to coming to Christ, if those people are a part of that identity and they don't have enough confidence in God, the, they end up literally those the, like best way I can say it is like those relationships become a stumbling block and they yeah. end up keeping us from being able to walk more closely so I'll just share this too because I'm so happy you said that when I started following Jesus more closely and I started to talk about him and mention his name more publicly like oh you know what Jesus 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 the people that I was um that I organized, which were in Alpha Talk Society. Like I was doing the meetings, Alpha Talk Tuesday, and I was doing these other engagements, working with other people, other um, people who had like a similar mindset as far as like kind of like new age thought. When they see me, when they saw that I started to talk more about Jesus and the Bible more, there was, they started to kind of make fun of me, to be honest with you. Like people started to distance themselves they started to mock me. They started to talk about me and stuff like that. They started to like bring up my faults or whatever and stuff. And they and they they also started to kind of like say like I was closed minded and that like like I was not enlightened, you know, as enlightened as they thought. Like there was all types of like crazy just like this mean things that were said about me when I started to like follow Jesus. But Jesus said that this would happen. And I don't remember the exact scripture, but he basically said that if, if they call me the prince of demons, they call me Beelzebub, what makes you think they're going to call you anything higher? Like they rejected me. And, and like, he's like, please understand. Like, let me just say this, people. Jesus is fully man and fully God. Is He's not a, a lesser version of God and he's not a lesser version of man. He's equally both. So when God came in the form of Jesus on the earth, he was called the prince of demons by the people that supposedly were studying his word. They were so deep in his scripture, supposedly, that and that they couldn't even recognize him. So th- this is the deepness because this is like a whole nother portion as far as like the testimony, as far as like the things that I dealt with coming into the, the body. So anyway... Um, I'm so happy that you shared that, Brother Malcolm, because, like, there was people that started to distance themselves and still to this day are kind of, like, distant. You know, they're very, um, you know, like, I feel like I always have to reach out to them and, you know, and, and I'll do that, you know, I'll do that, but I feel like God has me 
kind of like I'm, there's going to be some conversations that I'm going to have soon to kind of like just really highlight how I feel about what, like what these things have done to me. You know, when I, I'm talking about these things, I'm talking about like um, how I feel that I'm always the only one reaching out because I know I'm not the only one that deals with that. Now, you wanted to say something? Yeah. So like one the scripture that I usually uh, like when I when I think about my worldly friends or think about past friends, I always think about the scripture on uh, First Corinthians 15 and 33, where it says, "Do not be deceived." Bad company ruins good morals. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so wow. every time I think about it, so I like I think about those past relationships, and I think about uh, because it, those those people you uh, those you grew a relationship with them. You think that the, you think of them as your brothers. You think of them as like, hey, we went through a lot. But sometimes those relationships grow um, go away, so that you can grow in faith. And I think of it as like, um, sometimes I try to hold on to those relationships. And I think of it as like a tug of war. Mm. Like sometimes I'm, you know what, I could um, get these guys, I could get this relationship into Christ. So on one side, I'm holding a rope and my friend is holding the other rope. And I'm trying to pull them to Christ, but it seems like they try to pull me back into the world. So I feel like it's a tug of war. And then like, I have to think to myself, who's influencing who? Am Mm. I talking? Am I talking more about Christ when I'm around them and talking more of the word when I'm around them? Or are they talking or are they getting offended by the time I say Jesus? But I can sit there and listen to them talk about um, the club or whatever they're talking about and feel okay about what they're talking about, but I can't express Jesus. So it feels like that tug of war, like who's influencing who? And who's getting the the bigger pull and the big on um, bigger grip? Wow, I'm so happy that you mentioned that because, um, hold on, what in the world? Okay, yeah, I'm so happy you mentioned that because that is a big part, right? So I remember you, when you said that, it reminded me of something that Les Brown said. He was sharing a story of how you have to be careful of who is who is influencing you. And he said that he he basically shared this part of a book from Sidney Poitier that said, when two people walk together, unconsciously, this thing happens. They start to walk in the same pattern. They start to walk in the same step, unconsciously. And he said, whose pattern are you adjusting to? So when you start to walk with someone unconsciously, it's almost like a the best word I can say is a sinking. There's a sinking that starts to happen. And when you start to, like, you're either the one that's being sent to or you're the one that's sinking. And what I mean by that is people are either adjusting to you or you're adjusting to them. You know, there's a scripture in Jeremiah, I believe it's chapter 15, or I believe where he talks about God wanting him to be turned to, but people, but Jeremiah not turning to the people. Basically, what I mean by that is this: He was saying that, Jer- like Jeremiah was basically battling with what we're talking about now, where the people around him were trying to influence him and pull him in their direction. But God was saying to Jeremiah, "I want them to turn to you. I don't want you to turn to them. They should, like, you should be so connected and focused on me." that when they when they turn to you they're they're coming to you and they're becoming like me because they're spending time with you but if you're spending time with them and they're not connected to him they're connected to this world you're going to start to become like them and adjust to them and what god god was basically saying to jeremiah is i'm going to continue to sever those ties until you are comfortable becoming like what i called you to be rather than what they want you to be like there's a season and time like there are seasons and I'm so happy you said that um, because I feel like my passion for the you know some of my friends and family and so forth is more so just wanting them to experience just the healing and everything that that I feel like God has allowed me to experience and the power like it's like I want them to experience that as well but um, like I said there is a season of separation where God is molding a person to become a diamond 
in that diamond where you you can't be cut anymore. So God wants to keep you separate for a season to you come to a point where you're so strong in him and in what he is shaping you into that you can't be cut anymore by this world. Because there are certain times where you may be sensitive and start changing your language. Like you may start cursing and you might start uh, smoking. Like you you could be in Christ and you love the Lord, but because you haven't been separated long enough and you'll go around certain types of people, you start to adjust and mend yourself to how they are rather than them mending themselves to how you are. You know, it's kind of like this thing, like you said, that tug of war. And I feel like for me, I'll be honest with you, I battle with that um, for a while with my identity as far as uh, wanting the affirmation of specific people. And when those specific people didn't give me affirmation, and like, you know, God created that line of divide. But when those people didn't give me that affirmation, it held up my progress. Like, let's imagine, like, you know, there are a lot of men out here who haven't been affirmed by their father or mother. So what happens when they come to Jesus and they start to get separated and they're not getting affirmed by their father or mother, they start to, um, how can I say this? The people that affirmed them, whether it was a relationship, whether it was job, it was finances, it was their career or business, whatever affirmed them outside of their parents, it becomes kind of like that source of encouragement. So they're not looking to God for encouragement and affirmation. They're looking to that position, that title. This is the reason why so many men, and I'll say this really quick and I'm almost done here, but for me, I didn't really have my parents growing up. So when I got some level of success, the success became my became my parent. The, the money became my parent. The business became my parent. And it affirmed me, the people that the people giving me praise and accolades and saying, oh, like I love your business, I love your perfumes. That became the parent. So what God had to do for you know a number of times for seasons was to <laughs> you know like separate, right? Because like separation is not always people. Sometimes God has to separate you away from things that affirm you outside of him. So if your wealth is affirming you, he will separate you from your, your wealth and your strength, whatever affirms you. That's why he said to love him with all your strength. When he says strength, you know, it says that in Deuteronomy, he's talking about whatever affirms you, whatever gives you might, whatever gives you encouragement, whatever gives you strength. You're supposed to love God with that. So if your business is a form of strength, your your career, your, your title, whatever strengthens you, you're supposed to love God through that. But I didn't understand that. So I would just love the strength. I would love the business. I would love the income, the money. I would love these things. And when that thing, God caused it to dry up or to, um, he severed it for a season, I noticed that I would go back to needing affirmations of people. And so it was like, like you said, it was this tug of war where I kept needing affirmation either from a person or from success, some type of accomplishment. I always needed affirmation. It was never just the word of God being enough. I was never just satisfied with the word of God just being enough affirmation for me where my identity in Christ was so solid that I no longer needed this world to affirm me. And what I like, my testimony is that exactly that identity, my identity. And I believe like this is one of the ministries I think I believe Jesus has called me to. And and even those of you on this line right now, Brother Derek and Lamar and Malcolm as well. I like I know that you have battled in your identity as well. There have been certain things that you've experienced that try to get you to focus on um, that tried to mold you into something else. It was always something external that you attached yourself to that caused you to be moved. And when those things were moved, you were moved. And this is the reason why God wants us. He wants our identity, which is hidden in Christ, to be so strong in him that we are no longer moved by this world, by the cares of this world. And wow. I feel like that's where God 
like my ministry is an identity it's in helping people to know who they are in christ and in order to know who you are in christ your your mind has to be renewed you have to look at some of the programs that have been put into your system by this world system this world the way that this system works is if people don't know god that's the only way this system works and when I say no God, I'm not talking about knowing of God because there are Christians who know of God, but they don't know God. Whole different conversation. Um, when you know God and you understand that he is opposed to this world system and that he wants to use you, Malcolm, Derek, Lamar, uh, all the other people listening, when he, he wants to use you to mold this world into a, a reflection of his kingdom. But we can't do that, going back to the testimony, we can't do that if we don't know our testimony. You have to know your testimony. You have to keep in mind what you have been through. We have to keep that in mind. We have to be aware of why we are here. And the way that you're able to be confident in Christ is by knowing what he delivered you from. Like, I know for a fact that God saved me. Like, like I won't even go through all the things. He saved me from pornography, fornication, witchcraft, sorcery, manipulation, um, uh, man, so many things he saved me from, so many things, so I know for a fact that the blood of Jesus is tangible, it's not an idea, it's not a concept, the blood of Jesus is real, I know that the blood of Jesus runs through me, it runs through you guys, whoever really has a heart for the kingdom, the blood of Jesus runs through you that is your testimony the testimony is that the blood of jesus runs through you right now you are no longer the same person that you were before you met jesus everybody that truly met jesus there was a change there was a change nobody truly meets the lord and stays exactly the same they become a different person a different creation so um I just wanted to like see if, if anyone else had any words they wanted to share before we go ahead and like you know I guess some concluding words. I just I just have one more thing. Like when you, um, you're talking about when you know, friends are on the same they have to be in the same road together. But I do feel um, it it came to my mind that like I do feel like those um, when I came into Christ those friendships that I have like are still they those relationships have not grown or can't grow until we both are on that same path to christ so i do feel like some of my relationships are even stuck back in 2016. wow and they can't there's like a barrier where they're not going to grow unless um my friends or they um accept christ and come or follow the path that i'm on because I know that sometimes I joke that I can't joke the same way with them as I did before because I those jokes or those insights that we used to have don't are not as funny anymore because I have the Holy Spirit with me and I don't laugh at certain things anymore hmm. and then I sometimes I look at them and I'm like I can't take your advice because the advice you are given are is a worldly advice and I I want to be Christian, my uh, kingdom minded. I need kingdom advice in order for me to operate in the kingdom. So that's one of the things is where my relationship has stuck with those people, and it seems like it has stuck in the same year and has not been able to grow until they have. Um, they are able to grow with me. Yeah, now that's a really good point, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm happy that you shared that because. I'll be honest with you, there's a whole study I probably will have to do on this to really be able to speak to it even in more confidence. But one thing I can say is like you said, um, if that relationship was centered around talking about women, talking about cars, clothes, and stuff like that, and that's how you guys connected in the past, when you, you, you're not going to be able to connect now because the conversations are different. You're not gonna be able to connect. You know, and it's kind of like, how do you kind of remain relatable while at the same time not being too influenced by this world's behavior and systems? So like, there's going to be like, I have to do even 
uh, you know, I want to have even more words to back up some of those, you know, the, the thoughts I have on it. But one thing I would definitely say is just to encourage everyone listening to this message right now that when you when you decide to leave this world behind, you are not losing anything, but you are gaining everything. You are not losing anything. You are gaining everything. The reason why this world seems so pleasing and so exciting now is because of our flesh, our flesh, the bodies that we have now are not prepared for eternity. This is the reason why your joy and everything it seems short-lived is because you are in a body that is not prepared for eternity. Your spirit is prepared for eternity, but your body is not. When Jesus comes and says, come, we are going to be given new bodies that are prepared for eternity, that are able to experience God on a different level. Just imagine having a whole new body where all you can sense is peace, love, joy, encouragement. Like just imagine going to like, just like, I don't know if any of you have had a surprise party before, or there was a celebration, whatever that was, whatever the most exciting moment in your life, just imagine that that's how it's going to be forever in heaven. That new life that God has promised you It's going to be like that best day of your life forever. You're always going to feel joyful. You're always going to be encouraged. You're always going to be excited. You're always going to have wisdom. This is what's promised to you in this new body. This world that we are in now is doomed. It is doomed. It is not who we really are. The flesh that is covering you is not who you really are. The real you is inside. The real you is inside. It's kind of like this. When you go to your stove, you don't see the fire until the knob is turned. When Jesus comes back, that's when the knob is turned. You're going to see the fire. You're going to see who you really are because right now it's hidden. It's hidden. So be encouraged, children. You are not losing anything by leaving this world behind, but you are gaining everything. So with that being said, um, I just want to thank all of you for joining, Malcolm. Was there anything else you wanted to share or say before we end this Tuesday podcast? Oh, no, thank you. Just thank you for having me in the mark. Oh, he's right here, too. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Hop. Oh, man, no problem. Thank you, awesome, you know, good brothers. I uh, love you guys. And I thank all of you for joining this call today. I pray that you just... Really think about your testimony, guys. Think about what you have, uh, God has allowed you to conquer. Like, think about, like, you may have been dealing with depression or you may have been dealing with pornography or suicide. Sometimes you have to look at what God has conquered through you in your life and you start to talk about that. You write about it and you share with other people. Your testimony is a weapon of warfare. It is one of the ways that you're able to overcome the adversary. When, um, really quick, when David was about to fight Goliath, people looked at him crazy. They tried to give him their weaponry. They tried to give him their armor. They tried to ridicule him and say that he was there just to be arrogant and, and scornful. But when David told them what he had already conquered, he told him that I fought the, the bear and the lion. He had a testimony and his testimony gave them encouragement. And then he was able to, dis- to destroy Goliath because he had confidence in his testimony. So you have to have confidence in your testimony, the things that you have already conquered. There are things that you God has slayed in your life through his spirit. And these are going to be the things that enable you to slay other giants. And the giants that you slay are not for you only. It's also for the people attached to you. So your testimony is going to slay other people's giants. So it's important for you. Don't get so caught up in what you are feeling and what you're experiencing. You are a child of God. God loves you. He has made you powerful for such a time as this. And your testimony, your testimony 
is going to help encourage other people to conquer giants. So thank all of you guys for joining today. I pray that you have a blessed day and that you remember that you are God bless you. God bless you, brother. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into the podcast today. This is the Alpha Talk Tuesday podcast held every Tuesday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We look forward to you joining us next week. Have a wonderful day and remember that you are Alpha.